Welcome to the City View Community Church Podcast. Whether you're here for our weekly sermons, leadership chats, or conversations about life, we are stoked that you are here. If you want to know more of our story or want to partner with us, head over to cityviewcc.com. Our prayer today is that you walk away challenged, encouraged, and more passionate about discovering your purpose by knowing God, loving people, and living on mission. Let's jump right in. Well, hey guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. We're kicking off a brand new series called The Runaway. And I want to start with a question. Can you remember a time that you felt like you wanted to just run away from it all? Like maybe for you, it was a crisis that you were walking through, a a moment that just felt completely overwhelming. Maybe for you, it was a, a good situation, an opportunity of a lifetime, but it also meant that you would have to take a massive step of faith. And so it just made you nervous and, and you just got to that point where it's like, I just, I just want to run away from all of it. Or maybe it's a, a moment where you felt overwhelmed, under-resourced, underprepared, and the only thing you wanted to do is get away from it as fast as possible. I think we all have those moments. And in the series, we're going to look at one of the most famous runaway stories in the Bible. And there's actually a lot of them. I mean, you have the prodigal son, you have David running from Saul. There's so many different ones. But we're going to look at one of the most significant moments in the life of a prophet named Jonah. It's a familiar story for many of you. But I believe that as we look at this journey together, we'll discover some things about his life and his interaction with God and other people that you and I might be able to relate with in a significant way. So as I was starting this series, I started to think about when, when was the last time that I ran away? Like, when did I have that feeling? And it reminded me of a, a time when Audrey was about two years old and she was down for a nap and Lauren and I needed to run to a, a store in Mission Valley where she was selling her planners that she, she developed. And the store was closing and we had a very short window of time after church to go and pick it up before the store was it was closed. And they're like, hey, if you don't get all your stuff out of here, we're just keeping everything. So we had to go and get these planners in this time crunch. And as we left, we weren't five minutes down the road from the house when my dad calls and he's like, come back home right now. I'm like, what what is wrong with you? What is going on? And he starts to unpack this scene for us that Audrey apparently had woken up, had a massive, explosive diaper. And she decided that she wanted to try to like clean it up because she was embarrassed. And so he's telling us this picture. He's like, there's poop on the wall. There's poop in the crib. She, She crawled out of the crib with poop all over her hands, grabbed a handful of her bows, trying to wipe it. So there's bows, it's just like this, this treacherous situation. And he's like, I did not sign up for this. Come back home now. So I had this this crisis moment. Do I continue on our mission to go and rescue these planners that we had invested money in? Or do I go home and rescue my father from this poop-filled catastrophe? Which one do you think I chose? I chose the planners. I ran away. I said, Dad, I love you, but we got to go get these things. We'll be home as soon as possible. Click. 
He was furious with us. He was so livid. He, he could not believe that we would leave him in that situation, but we sure did, man. It was a complete parent fail. Maybe it wasn't, but we ran full speed away from the situation. And when I think about our reaction, our, our interaction with our Heavenly Father, there's actually a lot of moments where we run away from Him too. Look at this on your screen. We have the tendency to resist God's leadership in our lives. We have this tendency to run away. Some of you are like, well, I don't think that I do. Let me unpack it. And some of it, I think, is actually to do with our upbringing. Because here in America, we're, we're raised as children with this mentality and this end goal of independence, right? Like, I, I don't want a 27-year-old daughter still living in my house that has no idea how to do anything on her own and still waiting for me to pick out her clothes and lay them out on the bed, grab a towel for her when she's in the shower. Like, no, you, you got to learn how to do some things for yourself. Like, You've got to grow up. You've got to learn to be self-reliant. You've got to learn to be independent. You've got to learn how to take care of yourself. And so we're raised with this mentality. But then all of a sudden, as children of God, we're asked to move away from that and actually learn to depend on him more and more. And it, it feels foreign. It feels counterintuitive. Like our entire life has been about how we need to, like, pull our pants up, be stronger, be independent. And then we, we start this relationship with Jesus. And it's like, yeah, you, you can be independent in some ways, but you also need to be extremely dependent on him. And it feels weird for us. And so in a lot of situations, we resist the leadership of God because it feels foreign. And, and it's almost sometimes for us, like we want to prove that we can do it without him when the plan all along was for us to do it with him. And so we, we see God almost as a benefit to our life rather than the foundation. He's a bonus to our life rather than the living, breathing essence of who we are. And so we get in these situations where before we know it, we're running away from God's direction, God's leadership, God's guidance in our life. And so while you and I in this relationship with Jesus, we're trying to increase our dependency on him. We're trying to increase his, his value in our lives. The beauty of our heavenly father is this truth here. God has the tendency to pursue us relentlessly. So while we're trying to increase our dependence, he's pursuing us relentlessly. And it's this beautiful relationship of us trying to connect with each other in a deeper and a more meaningful way. David writes it this way in Psalms 139. He says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way and in kindness you follow me to spare me from harm from my past. Isn't that, isn't that so good? Like some of you just needed that today. Like he goes into my future to prepare a way and in his kindness, he follows behind me to spare me, to heal me from the harm of my past. You've laid your hand on me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? And I love, love verse 11. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me for your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. 
Some of you need that reminder today. God has not stopped pursuing you. God has not, will not, cannot stop fighting for your heart. So wherever you are in this this faith journey, the enemy of your soul, the enemy of your purpose wants you to think that God has given up on you and is so far from the truth. He is pursuing you even before you love him, even before you believe in him. As Pastor Sean said last week, there's this longing deep within us for the creation to be connected to the creator, for the creation to be connected to the creator. As we dig into this deeper, as we look at the story of Jonah, I think we'll find in ourselves some powerful truths and and some ways that we relate with him and we relate with some of the other characters throughout this story. So let's jump right in. Jonah chapter one. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, Now, before we start blasting Jonah, because everybody wants to give Jonah a hard time. The whole book is about giving Jonah a hard time. But Nineveh was a brutal place. It was an Assyrian kingdom. It was a part of the Assyrian kingdom. And it, it, they were known, their reputation was for like brutal, like murder, torture, dismembering people. If you don't know what that means, Google it. It's not fun. Like they were known for being this bloody, dark wicked, hard-hearted people who were entertained by the gory death of people. And you have to imagine that Jonah, not being that far away from Nineveh, had heard tales of what they've done. I'm surely there were Jews who had gone near the city in in efforts to get other places throughout the region and have been captured and, and killed and brutally murdered and stories of that coming. So like, Jonah's like, no, that's a wicked place. And so Jonah chapter in verse three, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. And he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the presence of the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. It's interesting in the writing, the style of the writing, the author wanted to, to make it like kind of humorous. He says, the Lord says, get up and go to Nineveh. And Jonah says, I'll get up and go anywhere but there. Right? Anywhere but there. Jonah says, here, hold my beer. Watch how far I can get away from this. Check, check it out. I have a map for you that I want you to see. See, Nineveh is to the northeast. It's 550 miles away. Jonah was supposed to head to the northeast. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to go as far west as I possibly can go. I want to go as far away as I possibly can get. I'm going opposite. Now, now look at me. This, this is so important. Not only was he trying to get away from what God was asking him to do, but he was trying to get away from the presence of the Lord. Now, don't, don't miss this. This is, this is super important. I think sometimes we miss this in the story. It, it says, hoping to escape from the presence of the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. This is deeper than we might, might realize. What if, what if Jonah's actions were less about disobedience 
and more about disappointment in the Lord. What if, what if Jonah's actions were less about him just not wanting to do it and more about how he was disappointed that God would even ask him to? What if Jonah was wrestling with some doubts about like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. God, you want me to go where? You want me to do what? Like, I, I thought I could trust you. Like, why would you rescue them? Of all people, you know who they are. I've put my hope, I've put my, I've devoted my life to hearing from you. And this is the kind of, of God you are? I think Jonah was wrestling with some more significant things than we give it credit for in this Sunday school story. I don't know if Jonah was just not wanting to do it. I think there was some, a part of Jonah that was going, God, this isn't who I thought you would be. You want me to risk my life for them? And it reminds me of the, the words of Paul in the book of Romans, Romans 5. He says, now, would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. Like, we, we get it. Like, okay, they're an incredible person. We want to we wanna risk our lives to save them. But for an evil person? For the people of Nineveh? The wicked, bloody, gory, murderous, treacherous people of Nineveh? But this was... This was a foreshadowing of God's love. This was a foreshadowing of Jesus coming because Paul goes on to say, but Christ proved God's passionate love by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Jonah struggled with this truth. Check this out. God's boundless love is not just for us, but it's also for them. Now, I don't know who the them is in your life. Your life experience, your perspective, what you've been through is going to shape who the them is. But God did not come just for us. God did not just come for the people who have it somewhat together and then we give our lives to him. God doesn't come for those who, who have a lot of things together, but they're just missing him. God came. His boundless love is for them, the ones that we could never fathom someone loving. And we're going to talk about that more in the series as we get into it, but Jonah was struggling with this truth. It was, it was calling him, it was causing him to like, go, God, God, who are you? Wait a minute. This is not what I anticipated. But the real question for you today is, have you ever been disappointed in God? Have you ever had that moment where you doubted his direction? You doubted his leadership. You doubted the way and questioned the way that he handled things in your life. Most of us would be like, oh, never. I would never question God. Cool, Peter. See how that works out for you. Maybe you don't feel like you've been in that place but I can guarantee you there are people in your circle of influence who have. 
They've experienced disappointment, whether it's through inter- interactions with other Christians or an experience they had at church or an experience where they called out to God and he didn't respond how they want. There's disappointment there. And so when we're talking about this God that we've devoted our lives to, they're going, yeah, that's not the same one that I've experienced. There's people in your family who are struggling with doubts and disappointments in this God that we have devoted our lives to. It's important for us to understand that. And I think if you and I were honest with ourselves, we would recognize this truth that our disappointment stems from seeds of doubt that are actually in our hearts. That our, dis- our disobedience isn't, isn't necessarily like, well, God, I don't really like this plan. I just want to do it on my own. I think sometimes, more times than we give it credit for, our disobedience, our doing things in our own strength, our, our own way stems from doubts in our heart about how God's going to handle it. Is he going to show up? Is he going to do it in a way that is comfortable? Is he going to do it in a way that I want to be a part of? Those seeds of doubt grow into disobedience. Back in the story in verse 4, Jonah's boarding the ship, and the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm to threaten to break the ship apart. Verse 5, fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Does that mirror a little bit something in the Gospels? So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. This is just a little side note for you guys. But when when crisis hits, everyone starts looking for something bigger than themselves. When COVID first hit, online church attendance skyrocketed. People were watching by the thousands. These little bitty churches who had gone online, the viewership was through the roof. You look at September 11th, when you go back there, the attendance of church went through the roof as people were panicking. Because when we are fearful, when there's a crisis that's hitting, we want something bigger than ourselves. That fear eradicates this facade that we had, that we had it all together. And we go, whoa, 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 I need help. And that's exactly what these guys were doing. They were calling out to their gods. They're like, somebody call out to any God. Someone has to show up because we're going down. Verse seven, then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. And when they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. I don't know if they played dice and whoever lost. I don't really know how this worked out here, but Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What's your nationality? And Jonah answered, I am Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, the one who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm. Jonah says, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault, but this is is important. Just check this out. Jonah tells them what to do. Verse 13, instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get to the ship 
to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Instead, the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to land. Look at this truth on the screen. Even when we're presented with the truth, we have the tendency to just try harder. Even when we're presented with the truth, hey, here's the answer here. I know what to do. God is telling me I should do this. This is the way that I need to handle this situation. No, 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 no. I I just need to paddle harder. Jonah says, this is my fault. Just throw me overboard. Everything will be settled. Just throw me overboard. And they go, no, we're just going to paddle harder. We're just going to work harder. Grab your oar and let's go. And it just shows this tendency of us as a people. Resisting the leadership of God. Hey, 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 listen, just be, just be transparent and be honest with your spouse. Nope, I'm just going to paddle harder. What? Understand that your job can't be your identity, that you've got to be able to allow God to shape your identity. Nope, I'm just going to paddle harder. I'm just going to work harder. Hey, Drop your ego and honestly, like, evaluate yourself. Allow God to reveal those things. And you know, just paddle harder. Just paddle harder. Don't, hey, hey, guys, listen, don't live as a victim. Allow God to bring healing and restoration to your life. Bring forgiveness. No, just paddle harder. Allow the Lord to be the leader and the savior of your life. No, I'm just going to paddle harder. And you and I have this tendency that we just want to work harder, even though we know the truth. When we want to lean into God, the enemy says, no, you just try a little bit harder. You've got to earn that love. You've got to earn that compassion. You've got to earn that relationship. You just need to work harder. And instead of depending on God, instead of allowing him to lead us, we say, no, we're going to resist that and we're just going to try harder, doing the same thing over and over again. And this time it's going to work. Just try harder. Verse 14. Then they cried out to the Lord Jonah's God, oh Lord, don't make us die for this man's sin. It's not our fault. Don't hold us responsible for his death. Lord, you've sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. I don't know what it is, but he, he earned it. And the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. Jonah realized something as he's standing on the ship, as, as the sailors are panicking for their lives, as they're praying desperately to any God who would listen to him. Jonah realized that when he ran away from God's call, it affected everyone else in the boat. And I, I just wonder for you, do you realize that? Do you realize that when you run from God's call, when you try to do things in your own strength, when you try to do things your own way, when you resist the leadership of God, when you refuse to allow him to be the foundation of your life and you just let him to be, just be a bonus in your life, when you do that, it affects everyone on the ship. Do you recognize that? But on the flip side, when you allow him to be the leader of your life, when when God is sitting in the rightful place that he should be, 
when you experience his love and his grace and you allow him to pour into your life, that also spills out onto the people in the boat with you. I think we, we just miss this so many times that our lives are not just our own. Why? Because what's inside of us has the tendency to spill out of us. What's inside of us has the tendency to spill out of us. What's going on internally, what's going on in our heart, what's going on in our mind, we think we can just bottle that up and it's just, oh, oh, I'm just holding it close, it's just me. It's impossible. Whatever storm is raging on the inside of us, it has no choice but to spill out of us. And we have to ask ourselves as we close today, what is truly spilling out of me in this season? What's spilling out of me? Is it the fruits of the Spirit? Is it, is it love spilling out of us? Is it joy spilling out of us? Is it peace and patience and kindness, gentleness and goodness and faithfulness, self-control? Is it pouring out of us because of our relationship and our connection with our Heavenly Father? Are we, are we spilling out the fruits his love? Are we spilling out the fruits of our fear? The fear of, of not measuring up, the fear of, of failing, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of, of someone else recognizing that we're not all that we say that we are, this fear of I deserve more and no one is, is seeing it, no one wants to give it to me, this fear within us spilling out on everyone else the boat. The second question I want you to ask yourself is, who's in the boat with you? Who are the sailors in the ship of your life? Your family, the people that you have influence and leadership. You may not realize it, but there are people in your life that, that like the moment that they face something, they're looking to you. You're the text message. You're the phone call. You have more influence than you actually understand. And when you can peel back the curtain and go, wait, 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 who's actually in this ship with me? It doesn't mean that people don't have their own boat, their own ship, their own sail. Like some of them have a yacht and they have that much influence with people. Some of them, you just, maybe it's just a canoe. But there are people in the boat with you. And you need to ask yourself, what am I spilling out and what am I spilling out on them? And the final question that I want you to ask yourself as we wrap up today. Ask yourself, am I running away from God's leadership or am I running into it? Jonah says, God, I'm not, I'm not going that way. Matter of fact, let me show you how far I will run away from your leadership, how far I will go, the price I will pay. Could you imagine how expensive a boat to Tarshish was? It was a massive investment to get away from God's leadership. And I just wonder in your life, what are you willing to pay to get away from God's leadership? What are you willing to pay to do things your own way? Are you running into God's leadership 
are you completely running from it? For some of you, that's where your journey starts today. To simply say, hey, God, I've been running. I've been chasing after my own way of doing things. And God, I need to, I need to lean into you. I need to surrender my life. I need to stop paying the fare to go in the opposite direction of where you've called me and who you've called me to be. And if that's you today, I invite you to just simply pray, hey God, I don't wanna be the leader of my life anymore. I trust you to be the leader of my life. God, I trust you that you sent your son to die on a cross for me who, who rose from the dead three days later. And, and I may not understand all the pieces of that, but God, I wanna trust my life to you because you are good and you are faithful. And I wanna live the rest of my life chasing after your direction and your leadership rather than my own. I'd love for you to pray that prayer today if you never have before. For those of you who call yourself Jesus followers, those of you who, who believe all of these things that we talk about, there are areas of our lives that we have not allowed God to be the leader. We have resisted his leadership. We have run away. And we have the opportunity in this moment to say, hey, God, I see where I am right now. I recognize that I am not where I'm supposed to be and I'm turning my boat back around, and I'm heading back to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that your love is so overwhelming. Your love is so gracious. God, in those moments where we feel like we are running away from you, open our eyes to see what it is that you're trying to do, that we would not resist your leadership. But the moment that we turn back and we face you, you respond immediately because you've been pursuing us all along. Gotta pray that as we shift the direction of our lives, as we recognize what we're spilling out on the people in the boats of our lives, that you would help us to run into your arms rather than away from them. God, that we would run into your leadership, into your plan, into your direction, because it is there that we find the things that we've hoped for the most. Lord, we love you. We pray all of this in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.